All right, Team MDE Nation, welcome back to the MDE Podcast. This week, we've got a special guest on with us, a good friend of MDEs, actually, Sean Clarkson. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm hanging in there and enjoying this little bit of heat we got from all that rain last week. I mean, it, it put her down last week. I know what, you had three, four inches of rain at your house? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> we couldn't buy a drop for six weeks, and now it's like we can't turn the faucet off. But, you know, feast or famine. It is what it is. Now, Sean, I know a fairly good bit about you. We, we've talked several times over the last few years. Uh, I've, I've learned so much about you. Can you let our listening audience in on who Sean Clarkson is and what it is you do? <laughs> uh, you ever heard that uh, old expression of jack of all trades and a master of none? Uh, I might be a jack of some trades, but still not a master of any. Uh, Virginia native, born and raised in Nelson County, uh, traveled around a bit. What I do for work right now is I'm a, a nonprofit development professional. I, I deal with nonprofits and fundraising and folks that have more money that they want to keep and tax problems that they want to avoid. That's an interesting uh, way to look at it. I thought she was going to go with something more <laughs> money than they need in trouble oh look it don't take (laughs) but uh get in trouble no sure doesn't you you can spend a dollar and get yourself in a whole heap of trouble if you're (laughs) if you do it the right way i reckon i may or may not have done that depending (laughs) on whether or not the statute of limitations is up exactly now you've been hunting and in the outdoors for for several years how did you get started? What was it that got that spark lit in you to, to be uh, an outdoorsman? Several. I'd say, well, I'm 45, so I'd, I'd give it 40 years at this point. Um, my granddaddies took me fishing when I was little. In fact, I think my first fishing trip, I was probably still in diapers. And then it just, from there, I mean, I, I spent as much time in the woods as I could, either, you know, with them learning trees and cutting firewood and following tracks and such or hunting or running trap lines when I was a kid and fishing. And I just, you know, if I could be outside, that's where I was. And, you know, I'm pretty much still that same way. I just don't get to spend as much time out as I want to. Yeah. I know, you know, we talk throughout hunting season and, and you're out a pretty good bitch, pretty successful most of the time when you're out there, at least, at least don't jinx me, man. Tell. Don't jinx me. No, I'm, I'm not. Okay. Then, <laughs> We we just won't go down that road. We'll just take we'll just take a left turn and we'll go this I've other direction. I'm blessed enough to be able to fill the freezer. Uh, <clears throat> you know, in some years it's easier than others. That, that's uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, we've got seven people in our house, as you know, and they eat a lot. Especially the boys, they're growing and and they're you know constantly eating and and we try to provide them them as much good quality you know, meat as possible. And best way to do that is going out and the grocery store. You know, deer, bear, turkey. I haven't put squirrel on the table yet. I, I I gave up squirrel hunting a while back, but I know that you did a little bit of it. Well, recently. you need to get back into that. I mean, squirrel and, hunting's about the most fun you can have with your clothes on in the woods. That's true. I guess you could, I guess you could go out in the woods, but naked if you had to you. and shoot a squirrel. Well, that's true. There, there's a lot of mosquitoes out there, you know, especially during the early part of squirrel season here in Virginia. Actually, you got mosquitoes up till about December. I've here, had you know? things out in January. <laughs> you know, you get two or three warm days, and that's all it takes. And you turn around, and you're out back on the, you know, 
messing with something on a grill and you turn around and look and you go, really? It's, it's a skeeter? But, I, you know, it could be, you know, we could deal with six or seven months of winter. So I'll be, uh, I'll be happy about That's that. True. If you hear something in the background, uh, I have a biplane flying overhead. Oh, yeah. nice. Just out cruising around, huh? It's a good, you know, I can hear it plain as day. I mean, you're outside taking it easy, enjoying the weather. That's perfect. Now, what what county do you live in in Virginia? Just just so everybody knows. Currently, also known also known as Spotsy for for those locals. I live pretty much right on the Orange County Spotsylvania County line. I hear you. Now, one of the things we we've talked about in the past is declining mm-hmm. hunting numbers. What I was on with Brandon Adams a couple of weeks ago. I'm and I know you yep. listened to that. Um what do you feel it is one of the the key I guess ingredients for declining hunting numbers? Oh man. Uh now I know put no, you on the spot on this. Uh... You know, there's a concept called a Gordian knot. Basically, it's a knot that you know that you can never untie because you can't figure out where one end starts and the other one stops. And that's kind of what you've got. I mean, there's so many factors that go into the declining hunting numbers. Uh, but one that that I'll bring up that that I really have not heard discussed most other, in many other places is is this instant gratification or instant you know create an instant hunter concept you know where it's like oh well i'm going to take billy or or jane or bobby or whoever out um whether it's a co-worker whether it's your kid whether it's your neighbor's kid and i'm going to take them out and i'm going to put them in a box blind and we're going to shoot a deer and bingo instant hunter that doesn't work mm-hmm I mean, you've taken all the challenge out of it. You've taken all of the skill out of it. I'm standing right here watching two spawns come by right now. You know, and the only way I know where to look and how to catch that that movement is because, you know, I spent hours and hours and years in the woods being unsuccessful, but learning. And, you know, you take a kid or you take a coworker and you put them in a blind and, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon and they shoot a deer by six. And they're, all they're thinking is, okay, well, I'm cold. That was kind of interesting. I didn't learn anything, and now I'm bloody and messy. Why do I want to do this? <laughs> you know, it just yeah. doesn't work. I mean, it's it, it just doesn't work. So what we've got to get back to, and this is really on, on those of us that are mentors, whether you're a certified mentor with the state, uh, Department of Wildlife Resources here in Virginia, or whether you're just a, an informal mentor where you're taking folks, you know, out of your own good graces. What we've got to get back into is putting the time and effort into it ourselves to show people everything it is about hunting. To stand there and watch two spotted fawns cross the road and talk about how cute they are and you know, how they, you know, when they're born and what they're doing right now and the fact that mama's probably not 30 yards away or, you know, go out there and teach them how to track and spend hours in the woods and, you know, what, be unsuccessful. It's part of it. You know, get back to that. But, you know, we can't, hey, I'm too busy. And I, oh, and the other kick is, oh, I don't want to give Jimmy my spot. Well, somebody gave you a spot when you were younger. I guarantee it. (laughs) 
They put the time in. They found it. They helped you get ready. And when you were ready, they gave you that spot. We'll give them your spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, you know, I've taken my kids out, and if uh, anybody that, that's watched the show, we've been unsuccessful many times that we've been out. <clears throat> and I've I've had both older girls out. They've been unsuccessful. I've had Ian out, and we've been unsuccessful. And I've had Taylor out, and we've been unsuccessful. Yep. And I even took Chance last year. And, you know, with a, with a four-year-old, three-year-old sitting in a box blind, you do that so they get outdoors and they start to kind of enjoy that, that being with dad or being with mom and just being in the outdoors. You, you can look at bugs or you can, you know, look at birds or, you know, play with matchbox cars on the floor yep. of the box blind. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. But just getting, getting them out and teaching them that, you know, not every hunt's a success. Or teach them a different and, way, teach them a different definition of success. Exactly. I don't view being successful in the woods, I think to me has, has many different, different aspects of it. You can be successful killing a deer or killing a turkey or a bear or, or a squirrel or whatever, or you can be successful in the time that you spend in the woods and learning something about an animal or learning something about nature or something along those lines, whether you be by yourself or with someone else, you're always learning something every time Amen. you go out. And I, and I think that's one of the, the joys of, of getting to be outside and being in the woods and, and being in wildlife and nature is you learn something every Amen. time you go out. And, you know, you are, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a hunter-ed instructor, I am. Yes. is that correct? Now, are you seeing in the state mm-hmm. of Virginia, because uh, we can't really attest to much to, you know, other states, I don't guess. Are you seeing a increase in hunter safety and in, in courses in the uh, folks taking the courses in the state of Virginia? Or are you seeing it kind of on a decline? Uh, well, <clears throat> I will say, let me preface it by saying that my answer will be based upon up until March when everything got shut down and is still shut down. Uh, up okay. until March, uh, I was personally seeing an increase in the number of people taking hunter safety courses, um, and are interested in hunting. And the, I think one of the more unique characteristics of that is what I was seeing more of were women, uh, expect, not just women with kids or sons that wanted to hunt, but women in general. And we were also seeing an increase in a number of other demographics that you don't generally think of as being quote unquote hunter, you know, not the ones that you opened Cabela's catalog 10 years ago and saw, let's put it that way. Um, so I think hunting was getting to be more, um, attractive or interesting, perhaps is a better word to a broader segment of the population, which is fantastic. Um, we were still seeing a good number of kids, even though um, they've shifted it to where now kids can take the hunter safety course online. We were still seeing a good number of children and young adults in the classes, but it was a broader cross-section of, of the populace. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know my wife, uh, when she was in high school, she took the hunter's safety yep. course in high school back back in 
whenever it was, she 90s, back in the 97, 98, I think she took the hunter safety course. And when I met her the first year that we were, that we dated or whatever, I, I got her into hunting and she had never been. And I, I remember taking her, getting her set up with a bow that we had and we, we got everything ready and we got her done and we got the, you know, got her some clothes and, and whatnot. And the first hunt that she went on, I took her up to North Garden to a spot that, that I used to have up there. And we had a 15-foot ladder stand that, that I knew was in a prime spot. And I told her, I said, now listen, <clears throat> I said, you crawl up in the stand. We hooked her up a safety harness. I said, crawl up in there, sit down. I said, whatever walks by you, you shoot it. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, I got it. Now, she's a good shot with a bow. She is a fantastic shot with a bow. She's, she's a really good shot with a, with a rifle and a muzzleloader, too. But we were bow hunting. And she she gets up in the tree and, and everything. And I, I leave her and I go on up the hill to my stand. And I'm sitting there. And I don't know, probably an hour went by. And I get a, I get a phone call. And I said, hello. I said, everything good? She said, well, I just shot one. I said, well, all right, great. Which way did it run? Down over the hill towards the creek. I went, oh, God. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I was like, okay. Right, great. I was like, this is where I wanted it to go. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, I said, you can kill two a day here in Virginia. I said, so go ahead and, you know, sit there and see if another one comes in. It wasn't 20 minutes later, I get another phone call. What happened, honey? I shot another one. What? Yeah, your day is done. I said, where did it it run? She goes, it's like laying in front of me at like 50 yards dead. I'm like, are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. So her first evening out, she kills two deer. Tickled to death, elated. I was happy. I had a drag on my hands, but you know, it was awesome. And she ended up killing four deer that year and went on a little drought and then ended up shooting one Halloween day, opening day of black powder on Halloween a few years ago. And she enjoyed that. Like she said, I, you know, I had never thought about hunting. I'd never got into it. And she said, now that I do it, I really <laughs> enjoy it. She doesn't like being cold, right. but <laughs> most, as most uh, women I don't, don't. Like being cold, but, I don't mind being, I said most women, you're, you're, you're not a woman unless there's something nope. you're, that I'm, but that you know, I, don't I don't know about you, which like, is not I passing judgment. Like being told, but I would tolerate it if I had to. <clears throat> I, I, I do it cause I like to hunt. Absolutely. I like yeah. to be out there and, and you know, it, it is what it is. But like you said, you know, women, women hunters are starting to, and, and, what I've seen too, they're starting to become more yeah. prevalent. You're starting to see more women get involved in the outdoors. Now I'm not talking the women involved in the outdoors, like the quote, quote unquote skin models you see on Instagram and, and such where they're sitting there holding the bow in a bikini and you're, you're talking, and, you're talking and everything. people like Christy Titus and like Becca Garris who are legitimate. Yes. You know, test tally who are legitimate. No doubt. <clears throat> hunters. Yes. Becky Garris is probably one of the top women out outdoors women that that I know through you know social media and whatnot. If you need the women, listen. If you want to put yourself or, or be like a, a person out there, Becky Garris is probably one of the top people out there that you could follow her footsteps and you can learn so much just from reading and watching what she does she she's absolutely brilliant yep, in the outdoors yep. and there's and there are a number of other ones uh, you know and another one that, that, that is 
not as well known uh, is Danielle Wilson. And she's just, she, mm-hmm. you know, she's just an all rounder. I mean, she's, she's a great mom. Uh, she, she's got a sideline business or a regular, now a home-based business doing gardening and, and farming and trying to do things right as far as food. And she's a heck of a hunter. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're just, they're, they're real people that really hunt. And I think that's, that is one of my critiques really, as far as, um, I think what social media and the TV style media has done to hunting is it's not real anymore. You know, Oh, well I passed on a, no. I passed on this six year old 160 inch class buck because next year he'll be a shooter. I don't care. You know, if it walks past me and it gets my heart rate going, something's getting flung at yeah. it. And it, Something, something's getting right. Exactly. I mean, I was teaching a hunter ed course whew, two and a half, <laughs> probably two and a half, almost three years ago now. And I had this young, young fella in the course. I mean, he's taking a hunter ed course, so he obviously hadn't been hunting that long. Come up to me after the course, and this is great. I mean, we're normally talking with folks afterwards, and he comes up to me, he said, Hey, I want to show you a picture or something. I said, Okay. He said, I got this buck on my trail camera. I said, Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> And he's looking at me, he goes, well, do you think he's mature? I said, I don't know. I mean, they're hard to truly age on the hoof. I can give you kind of a ballpark of what I think is. Why? He said, well, I, I'm, I only want to shoot a mature buck. I'm like, I'm looking at it going, that's a, in my back of my head, I'm like, that's a pretty good, very respectable eight-point Virginia deer. You know, with right. a bow, it was probably borderline Pope and Young class, Virginia score. It was in the one upper 130s, low 140s, Virginia score. That's a nice deer. I, I'll take him in a heartbeat. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm only interested in, I, I'm only hunting mature deer. And I, I asked him, I said, well, how long have you been hunting? And he said, well, I had my apprentice license the last two years. I said, well, okay. How many deer have you killed? Well, none. He said, I said, I said none as in zero he said no i have not i've not killed a deer yet i only i only hunt mature bucks oh, Lord. and i looked at him and i said son don't get me wrong but you need to learn how to deer hunt first before you get picky about what you're hunting well, I don't yeah. understand. I said, you don't understand what it's like to kill a deer yet. You don't know how to do it. You've not done it. You understand the theory. You don't know how to blood trail one. You've never cut quartered one up, packed it out, drug it out. You've never, you have not done any of the lead up. Well, we've been getting this buck on camera for two years. I said, well, he's at least three years old. Then shoot him. <laughs> well, I only want. I only oh, want to Lord shoot him a mature and it just stuck with me. I'm like, what are we doing? This kid has, this kid has yeah. been hunting for two years. Clearly, he's in a pretty decent spot if they're getting those kind of deer cameras. Oh yeah, and he's intentionally passing on deer because he doesn't believe they're quote unquote mature. What are we doing? When I was a kid growing up in Virginia, you got two tags per year. If you hunt any tag, it was a great season, and you talked about it until next year. If you if you fill both right. tags, people were asking whether or not you were cheating. And if you killed two respectable bucks, and I mean, they didn't even have to be big, you probably ended up on the front page of the paper. Exactly. And you've got kids now going, well, I'm not sure if he's mature. What have we done? And we wonder why the, there's a decrease in hunting. 
Brandon Adams said the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, I listened to it. I, I was sitting there. Not, I mean, I mean, no, in a roundabout way. I, mean. I was sitting there listening to it going, preach. Just preach because you're exactly right. Just Yeah. Well, you, you've followed us for, for the last mm-hmm. six seasons and, and watched us yep. on film. And you've commented, and I may not have wanted to hear it. <laughs> But you, you've always been, you know, forward with me and upfront with me and honest with me about everything. And, and that's something I've respected. And, you know, one of the things we do is we're, if, if we want to yep. shoot it, we shoot it. Whether it's uh, that big eight pointer my dad killed Which a few a years ago or that, that deer was, he was beautiful. He was gorgeous. Or, the spike that Jessica killed on Halloween morning. And I'll tell you what, I can't remember the last time I saw somebody in any type of media intentionally take a spike and then not try to justify it as a, oh, this is a cull buck, which culling, by the way, does not work because if the Kenton Ranch can't pull it off, nobody can. You guys did it because it, it was like, yeah, that deer right there, I want it. Okay, take it. The only other person in overall hunting media that i see do that and is legitimately honestly excited as fred eichler and i'd hunt with that guy anywhere i'd hunt with that guy for chipmunks oh yeah gosh can you imagine him shooting a chipmunk with the recurve <laughs> he'd be bouncing he'd be bouncing off the tree it looked like one, <laughs> did you see like one of them and i can Super see him balls. right now <laughs> oh man it's like plinko with yeah. him out there Chasing yeah, but that's, that's, He's if you want to figure out how we fix the, the declining number in hunting, get people that excited yeah. about hunting again. Any type of hunting, squirrel hunting, quail hunting, dove hunting, I don't care. That's hmm. how you fix it. Oh, exactly. I mean, last year, first year I killed was a five-pointer mm-hmm. with my bow. When that deer walked out, my heart was up in my, up in my throat, and I was like, I'm shooting. And my buddy who was running the camera for me, he said, I saw that deer. And he said, I heard shooting that. that deer. I, I heard that. <laughs> he said, and I saw I that. I'm like, yeah, that's the first one of the year. That's getting shot at, at least. That's, yep. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I I mean, I put a 12 ring on it, I think. I mean, I, I buried that right in a, yeah, it was a perfect yep. shot on that deer. Yep. But as you would know, there's many a slip but, between a cup <laughs> and a lip when that, <laughs> you, you might think, oh, I'm going to 12 ring this thing. And then I've had everything from my D loop come untied. <laughs> The bear I took two years ago with the bow, well, fall before last with the bow, I went to draw on it and the arrow popped off the string. I, I, I don't know why. It just it just fell off. Um, so I'm trying to grab the arrow and put it back on the string. And, you know, that was just a goat roping right there. And then, uh, I mean, uh-huh. you, you know, as well as anybody, I mean, things <laughs> happen. You, you, you pull it up and look. I mean, you started bow hunting way back when I did as well, when there were the old brass sight pins and you could pull the thing up and all of a sudden one of your sight pins, the one that you need. <laughs> just straight down to the it's, bottom. You're like, what It's either dropped down to the now? bottom or it's bent at some odd angle and you're looking at it going, I don't think that's 20 yards anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've, I've been yeah. there, done that. I've, I've had the D loops come undone. I've had arrows fall off. I've had, uh, I mean, you, you name it, it's it's happened, and, and it's happened to you. It's happened to everybody. If if you haven't had one of those, oh crap moments when you're in the woods with your equipment, like you've not been right. hunting long. Well, enough. and that's that's one of the reasons I like to I like um, <clears throat> traditional archery as much as I do. 
because there's a lot less gear. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's less to go wrong with the equipment, but there's more to go wrong in between my ears. So it's kind of a, <laughs> it's a trade-off. Yeah. But, you know, as opposed to yeah. shucking my bow 30 yards, which <clears throat> I may or may not have done in the previous year, um, you know, I can't really chuck my brain 30 yards, although there are days that I feel like I want to. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, you know, and this is this is one of the things that you and I said we were going to talk about. Um, and, you know, I think it gets back to the same excitement point of it. It's one mm-hmm. of the reasons I dislike trail cameras, especially for deer. I, I want yeah. to be surprised because I'm not hunting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's 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 Tommy Two Toes. I'm not looking for him. I'm going to let him grow until he gets to be six and. Oh, well, that's Jake. He's a, he's a weird little four-year-old, but I think he's got, you know, potential. Uh-uh. I want to be surprised, and it is amazing. I mean, the heart rate gets up. You hear a deer. You have no idea what deer it might be. You have no idea if that deer has ever been in that part of the world before. And then you see it, and there, all the rest of it. It's, it's awesome. It's like Christmas. You know, you don't know what's in that present. You're just opening it. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, I really don't run trail cameras for deer. I might put them on a scrape or something like that just to see what's coming through. Uh, but m- if I'm running trail cameras pretty much at all, it is for bear because that is a fascinating animal. And I am constantly trying to learn more about them and and really understand how to pattern them. You know, a deer's home range might be a couple of hundred yards. A bear's home range is a couple of hundred miles square. I mean, it's it's a whole different critter. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, you you have this fascination with bears that that's intriguing to me, and you know, I've asked you, you know, what's got, what about it? Like, what about a bear has you fascinated so much? Mm. Like, just okay. Uh, I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, I I, I know that's a tough one, and it it, it could get in, <laughs> we could go down six or eight rabbit holes here, but you know. What about bears intrigue you so much? Um, all right. A deer, an old deer in Virginia, an old buck in Virginia is going to be what? Six? Maybe. Maybe. An old, an old bear in Virginia is going to be 20. Um, yeah. You know, it's got the best nose in the woods by a long shot. I'll, I'll give you a, an example that is actually scientifically verifiable. Um if you hold something at the end of your arm, like a rose, right, and you can barely smell it at the right. end of your arm, that's about three feet. That's one yard away. Okay, a deer, a deer would smell that the same as like a bloodhound would smell it at about three hundred yards. Mm-hmm. A bear can smell that up to seven times further away than a deer. So whatever you can smell at the end of your arm, a bear can smell it a mile. That's so insane. you're not beating that nose. Um, they've got good eyesight. People think they're kind of blind, but they're not. They've got good eyesight. They see color just like we do. They've got really good hearing. They're curious. They're strong as an ox. I mean, you can watch a 200-pound bear roll rocks around that are, you know, as big as a beach ball that if you go over and try to move them, it's everything that you can do to, to, to wiggle it. And he's bouncing the thing around like it's, like it's a softball. Um I mean, they're just, right. they're just fascinating. They're just, you know, they the, the biology of them is awesome. 
what they do, where they go. Um, they're just cool. They're just a really cool animal. They're very smart. They're highly intelligent. Uh, and they, t- they taste Yeah, great. I've, they I've taste learned that. Great. I'll step over a deer. I'll step yes, over do. a deer to get to a bear. I'll, I like the taste of bear. Now, my wife does not like the taste of bear, but that one I shot a few years ago, um, it, it was good. It, it was a, the funny thing about that bear was it caused it caused some problems when I shot that bear. <laughs> it caused a few uh-huh. problems. I told you about those few problems, and I'm not going to get into it on the podcast. But it it caused a few problems, and someone thought that I had shot a illegal mm-hmm. bear. But it wasn't. It was probably a two to two and a half, maybe three year old bear that was just yeah. malnourished. Like it was, it was, it was a it was malnourished a male or bear. Female? Uh, it, okay. it was a male. Yeah, that's what I remembered. And and it was malnourished. I mean, there where the area this bear was in was a very, very rural area in 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 Charlottesville. So there's not a lot of stuff for this bear to eat other than. Trash. Well, that bear, that bear, a bear will eat anything that has a caloric value to it at all, and some things that don't. Yeah. Um, you know, ATV Correct. seats, some ATV seats, and some tree stand seats. Um, the best the biologists can figure is they give an off, they off gas, so they give a, a an odor that we can't smell. That to a bear smells perhaps like grubs or ants, um, and just tear mm-hmm. those seats up. But a bear will eat anything yeah. that it thinks has a food value. My guess is that bear probably yeah. had some type of it had some type of a health problem that was that was leading to it being malnourished. But yeah, I saw the pictures and it was it was a small bear, but it was a legal bear. It, yes, it was, and you know, uh, it just I could smell that I could smell that bear coming from a mile away. I could I smelled him before I saw hmm. him. I, I caught this whiff of just trash. Yeah. Mm. Just a nasty smell to No it. wonder your and, wife don't like to eat bear. Well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I can imagine. But but I just caught a whiff of it, and I was like, what in the world? I was like, did I step in something on the way in here? What on God's group? What is stinking? And then I looked, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, cool. And then I missed it the first time, and it come back and started sniffing mm-hmm. the arrow. Mm-hmm. And then I, I and then I put a you know halfway decent shot on it, and that was that. But um, yeah, I've you know your fascination with bears is is, is really, uh, yeah. it's really cool. I I've mean, been I think chasing deer for, and I've never looked I've been at chasing it that way. deer for. Mm, I think I deer hunted the first time when I was eight. So I've been you know I've been fascinated <laughs> with deer before that because my uncle was hunted and all the rest of that, and everyone's got me into it. So I've been I, you know you could say that I had been deer hunting for over 30 years and i'm still interested in deer. Right. deer are still cool but that's 30 years worth of field experience focused on deer and we didn't have bear really to speak of when i started i mean if you told somebody when i started hunting if you told somebody you saw a bear they were looking at you wondering what you were drinking on the stand uh right you know i mean it was it until 2008 i had never seen a bear in the woods I'd seen one crossing the road prior to that, but I'd never seen a bear in the woods. And now, you know, we see them regular. Uh, so yeah. it's it's a new fascination, and it's a very interesting animal. Um, 
yeah, but if you smelled that bear, that is not a good thing. Uh, the the one that I got two years ago, well, fall before last, I'm sitting in a stand. I haven't been in a stand. I haven't been up a tree uh, in, I haven't been up a tree hour and a half and look and here's this thing's coming along and it's just, it's just vacuuming up hickory nuts. Uh, yeah. And I lip squeaked at it, you know, like you would to get a fox's attention or a, or a bobcat's attention. And it mm-hmm. raised up and turned and came right to the base of the tree. And that's when the, that's when the goat rodeo started with the arrow falling off the string. And... <laughs> yeah. I remember the story. I had, it, oh, Lord. I had it at mercy. eight yards and I'm going to draw back and it just kind of goes, Boink! and then the next shot was, well, you're trying yeah, to catch, catch it. it. I caught it by the, I caught it by the, the, the veins and popped it back on the string and finally got a shot at 28. But, but uh, yeah, I mean they're just they're just cool, and it's. But I, you know, I, I'm a hunter, um, and I think part of being a hunter is is woodsmanship, learning the woods and what's going on around you, and and being able to read and see things. Correct. And I think to do that, it's it's part of it's you got to be naturally curious about things, and go out and mm-hmm. find them and look for them and and discover them and and you know hunt them down hunt the knowledge hunt the experience down just as much as the critter correct and that's part part of why i don't do food plots either i i'm not a farmer i don't you know i'm i'm not growing deer i'm i'm hunting deer yeah i know we we talked about this you know that's one of the things that you know you don't run a lot of trail cameras for deer and you don't plant food plots now one of the things you have mentioned is habitat Yes. For deer. And one of the, probably one of the most controversial topics I've ever seen you bring up in my life. And I went, oh, Lord, this is going to turn into an absolute disaster. Is timber and natural Yes, we need to cut the heck out of some trees. (laughs) And, oh, my Lord, the backlash that come from that. I was like, oh, we started a fire. And somebody and somebody's gonna pour gas on it in just a second. And it's gonna be ugly, and oh, it yeah. got there. Yeah. And oh god, it was awful. And I'm just sitting back here watching, just sitting there eating popcorn, and like Mike and Ike's going, "This is gonna be awesome in just a few minutes. Let's just see what happens." And you're 100 percent valid and 100 percent correct. On well, that. I appreciate that. It's not often in life. It, it makes 100% right. it makes good sense to me. It, well, I think you're 100 percent right on this one, and I think it's. National Forest is a good place for people to go hunt. But the National Forest is so vast and there's so many places for deer to go that you, you can go to National Forest and not see a deer all week. Well, there's nothing to hold them. No, there's nothing there. there there's, there's no real bedding and cover. Well, you can bed there, but how far there's are they going to go to eat? <clears throat> and, and, exactly. And a, a deer or a bear or a turkey. Is an just like any other animal, has got to eat to survive. And if yes. you're if you're in, I'll borrow a term from from the public health arena. If you're in a quote unquote food desert, i.e., there's no real food of substance around you, and you have the opportunity to move, you are going to move. And that's that's what happens yeah. with deer and bear and, and and turkey. Now, when we have a heavy acorn crop. You know, and the white orcs are producing, and it's like walking on ball bearings out there. Well, then they don't really have to go that far. But 
the kick is Correct. the the older or over mature trees, which we have a ton of on the national forest. That stuff that's you know ninety and a hundred years old or more isn't really kicking out a ton of acorns, and it's certainly not on a consistent basis. And even when they drop acorns, there's still nothing else for them to eat for nine months. Well, why would I live in a spot where right. I can't get any food for nine months? Exactly. I mean, you're not talking going in and, like, clear-cut a whole patch of timber. You're talking about going in and taking down trees that aren't producing and letting some of these other trees grow and get bigger I'm that are producing. Let the let the habitat biologists and the timber specialists do their job. But my lord, getting people on board with that is like getting people on board to. Well, it, I don't it just, know. It isn't. Yeah, yeah it, just, it, uh, it is what it is because you know what a a a fresh cut is ugly. It doesn't look good. Yes, it doesn't look good from people. You know, when people drive by sightseeing, it doesn't sell postcards. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It depends entirely on what you're looking at. I look at it and think it's beautiful because I'm looking at it going, oh, my word. Look at all the food. Look at all the cover for rabbits. How few rabbits have we got now? Look at the cover and, and the yeah. cover and availability of food for grouse. I couldn't tell you the last time I flushed a grouse. You know, it, yeah. bobcat, gray fox, you know, you keep going down the list. And that's the thing. I mean, you can't. The concept of the, the original concept of wilderness within national national forests, and I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent, so hang on, was what was called a string right. of pearls. And it would have a large complex of wilderness in one spot and then a connected corridor <clears throat> to another large section like that, like a pearl necklace going up the chain of the mountains, right? And then around right. it, you would have a mixed mosaic of habitats. Some places that had been cut some places that were getting burned, some places that had gotten cut 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. So you would have a mix of habitat types for a mix of species. And this just isn't for the species we like to hunt, but all those little awesome little birds that fly through that none of us can identify. And, you know, we just see them in the fall and go, that's a, that's a pretty bird. I wonder what that is. You know, they need that stuff too. But we have gone from that to essentially this idea of wilderness everywhere which means no habitat variation and no food anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I remember hunting the National Forest when I oh, was yeah. younger. And... We oh, went okay. to it to hunt. I... Now we try to go anywhere but it to hunt. Yeah, because, we, I mean, as hunters, we want to try to be as successful as we can be. And, you know, I know people that hunt the National Forest every year, and they yep. always kill a deer. They know where to go, yep. they know where to find the deer, and they yep. always kill a deer. There's a kid up home back in West Virginia. He'll go up to the National Forest Lane and put yep. trail cameras out yep. through the National Forest. And he'll hunt, though, and he'll he'll kill a decent deer out of there yep. almost every year. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. But for the novice or the beginning hunter looking for a place to go hunt to go to National Forest, it's got to be one of the most discouraging well, things I mean, in the world. Well, I mean, there's a guy in southwest Virginia Nathan <clears throat> Killing. <clears throat> And Nathan is a traditional bow hunter, and he's a phenomenal hunter. He hunts the National Forest down in southwest Virginia, and he is extremely successful. But he has put Mm -hmm. thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours into finding the, basically eliminating the enormous areas that are not productive 
to find the tiny pockets that are productive. That's that's exactly yeah. the opposite way that we should be looking at it. But we can go down that rabbit hole for for weeks if we wanted to. And it's just it just aggravates me because it, it is a fixable it is a fixable problem, and it is a fixable problem that we ought to be trying to fix. But we got so many, we got so many yeah. issues of even how to address the problem. It's ridiculous. There is a fella in Virginia though. His name is Wayne Thacker. And Wayne runs a, a, a cooperative called the Wildlife Habitat Coalition. And there is an unsung right. hero of conservation in Virginia. It is Wayne Thacker because he has done more work to try to fix the habitat problem facing us in Virginia than I think anybody else alive at this point. And he does not ever want any recognition, which I just kind of blew that up. He is not on social media. He just puts mm-hmm. his nose to the grindstone and works. And that, that's the kind yep. of people well, we need. we need more Wayne's. We need people to we do that for sure. Wayne's. Yes, we do. Now, we're going to switch yep. gears here a little bit and got a couple more topics to hit before we uh, yeah. sign off of here. Uh, I'm going to give you the lightning oh, round here in just a little bit, so be ready for that. One of the things that you and I have talked about are pictures. <laughs> And I'm not yep. talking, you know, pictures of a deer standing in a field, but there's a there there's a a thing that you do that really I think is a very honoring and a very proper way that you can take a picture of an animal that you've harvested. Every animal that I've seen you take in the last four years i haven't seen all i've seen has been a side of an antler some feathers or some fur in your hand usually your left hand, left on on that deer explain that i wrote a blog <laughs> post about it which you can link if you want to that goes into a lot of depth on it but i'll try to sum it up um I see, and I've got nothing wrong with gripping grand pictures. Lord knows I've got some as well. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, that puts the focus on the hunter. And I want the focus on the hunt and the animal. Um, you know, my ugly mug just happened to be the one that was graced with that opportunity that day. And that animal means a ton to me. Uh, it's my left hand because that's the hand I wear my wedding ring on. That that animal is going to go home and provide nourishment for my family. Um, it, it is, you know, the, the oldest concepts of what it means to take an animal or to harvest an animal is to bring to bag or to bring to the hand. Well, as soon as I touch it, as you well know, as soon as you touch it, That is now legally yours. You are obligated to tag it, take care of it, and everything else. And, I mean, there's a lot more into it, but it's just a, it's a, to me, I'm trying to show some respect for the animal. And so it doesn't, it shouldn't matter to anyone else as long as that animal is legal. And if any game warden wants to come and check any take I have ever gotten, I'm happy with that. Come on ahead. Uh, As long as it is legal. No one else should care how many points it's 
got or how much it weighed or what it scored or how old it was. It doesn't matter. It's very true. And and that's just something that I I like it. I've told you that a thousand times. It's just something that, that I really just – it just resonates with me for some reason, just that – the simplicity of it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And, and, and I think it's a great way to honor an animal. Now, yes, those of us that are involved with, with companies and other things, you know, they, they like to have the pictures and we do the pictures and, and we try to clean the deer up and, and make it look as pretty as possible and presentable as possible. And that's all well and good. I like doing that. It's a pain in the neck sometimes, but we do it. But just that simplicity and that look and that meaning behind that is, is, wonderful i think i appreciate it and kudos kudos to you good on you for doing that i think oh, that's awesome. i am not nor have i ever been sponsored by any company and i don't want to be um and, <laughs> I, and i'm not faulting folks at all i'm just simply saying i'm not um no. because i don't want yeah. to i don't want to have i don't ever want to have any thoughts like that interfere with my experience in the hunting and if somebody else is different than that that's more power to them i'm not knocking them for it i'm just simply saying that is no my choice absolutely and i think i i think it's a respectable and honorable choice well let's hit this lightning round let's hit this lightning round i i'm going to hit you with the lightning round i hit ba with it a couple weeks ago and that 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 was yeah it was. it was funny <laughs> so so I'm gonna hit you with the lightning round I even I, I even just set up in my chair a little bit so I can so I can be on on point here and on focus on that so uh, if you're ready Let's go for it I'm ready yep. you you're ready all right being in the state of Virginia we get up in the morning we go hunting we do our thing coffee or tea to get that 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 coffee, blood moving black strong Okay. Compound or traditional? I already answer to this one. I, I, I shoot my traditional more because I have to. A compound's a very accurate machine, but either. I don't care. Fixed or mechanical broadhead? Less things to break. Muzzleloader or rifle? Either. Okay. Uh, now, muzzleloader season is the best time to be woods in Virginia, so <clears throat> I, I'll take the muzzleloader yes. in that case. Take the muzzle, okay. Uh, let's see. Tree stand or on the ground? Mm. Tree stand. It keeps me from doing something stupid, like getting up and moving at the wrong time. <laughs> All right. Um, hamburger or cheeseburger? A hamburger without cheese is not dressed. And it needs... Is and that... it needs bacon. Okay. And it needs bacon. Okay, so so bacon and cheese. All right. Um, Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? Miracle Whip's not a food. That's not even a, that is not even a food-like <laughs> substance. And there ain't but one mayonnaise, and that's Duke's. Hallelujah. <laughs> you are spot on. 
there is no other mayonnaise other than Dukes. Dukes is the mayonnaise. I'm telling you right now. Uh, all right. Let me see here. What what else have I got here? I've I got another one. All right. Uh, Ted Nugent or Jackie Bushman? Pass. Oh, uh, really? I mean, as far as to hunt with or, or what? Pass. Yeah. Ted Nugent or Pass. Jackie I'll Bushman? I'll take Fred Eichler. He just has fun. <laughs> All right. Got nothing either one of them. I just, <clears throat> different styles, different personalities. Um, and, yeah, that's two yeah, totally and, different and, and I just, I don't, as far as to hunt with, I don't think I would be a good mix with either of them as far as hunting. All right. Now, I, I asked BA the same thing, and it, this will be the last question. If you could pick one state to hunt in for the rest of your Alaska. life, what state would that be? All right. I mean, take there a look is. at what you if, and now I'm assuming that I'm a resident of Alaska. Well, I mean, of course you're going to move there and you're going to hunt there. The look rest at of your what life, you obviously. can hunt in Alaska. There ain't no, uh, there's not another state that comes close. <clears throat> and you can catch some big fish up there. Oh too. yeah. Oh, something's always in season. Yeah, I mean moose, caribou, Idaho, Idaho all kinds of good stuff. Because I just love that state; it's just gorgeous. Um, Wyoming would probably be third. <clears throat> all right, I hear you. And that, well, that's that answered the politics question right there before you masked it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Well, Sean, is there anything that you that you want to share with the? Uh, listening audience here before we bounce off of here any advice you want to give them quick little piece of advice anything Uh, at all yeah if you're a hunter and care about hunting pay real close attention to what organizations you affiliate with and make very sure they do what they you want them to do beyond that if you are if you are really concerned about hunting Become a hunting ed, a hunter ed instructor and a mentor. I have gotten far more reward from that than anything else I've ever done in hunting. That's that's true. Be a big brother to somebody, mentor somebody, even if they're your age and haven't been hunting. Get them out in the woods or or on the water. If they don't like to hunt, take them fishing. Yeah, you know, do do something to get people outside. Get them involved because if we don't, we're going to lose it. Absolutely, Simple and you're going to develop friendships. You're going to, you're going to. I mean, you're just going to expand your circle of people that you want to be around, and it repays itself time and time and time and time again. That is absolutely one hundred percent correct. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you for supporting mde for all these years and being constructively um critical when need be <laughs> not a problem. it's been it's been much appreciated and uh like i said again thanks so much for being on here mde nation we hope you enjoyed the podcast and, and as always you all shoot straight and get your kids outdoors